Welcome to the teaching ministry of Reverend JFK Mensa, a seasoned Bible teacher with over 40 years of ministry experience. He is a pastor, a church planter, a missionary, and an international conference speaker. He is passionate about making Christ-like disciples worldwide. JFK Mensa is the General Overseer of Great Commission Church International. May you be transformed as you listen to the Word of God. In this final session on the disciple and faith, I want us to compare faith with hope and faith with love and distinguish between them and raise up why Christianity values these virtues. Shall we pray? Father in heaven, thank you once again for another Wednesday. Thank you for your children who are listening. My prayer is that your Holy Spirit will clarify these issues and bring to bear what is on your heart so that your children can know how to walk before you to please you in Jesus' name. Amen. Faith, hope, and love. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, faith, hope, and love, these three abide. But the greatest of these is love. 1 Corinthians 13, chapter 13, 13 verse 13 again. And now these three remain faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Okay. You will see that these three triplets are put together. Okay. Let's read that one. 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 3. We remember before our God and Father your yes. work produced by faith. Your work produced by faith. Your labor prompted by love. Your labor prompted by love. And your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus great, Christ. Great, great, great. Now let's go to Romans chapter 5. Romans 5 verse 1 verse 4 verse 5. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 first of all. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then verse now, 4. Verse 4 and 5. Perseverance, character, mm. and character hope. Good. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. So here again, we see faith, we see hope, we see love. So these three are put together to show that they are the highest of Christian virtues. And we have spent the past weeks looking at faith. I want to take some time to look at hope 
and then love. And try to compare them and contrast them and bring out their similarities, characteristics. So let's first of all take hope. Hope is from a Greek word, elpis. Elpis is a pleasant expectation. Is a future promise of good. That is what is called hope. Now, hope in the Bible has four characteristics. Number one is that it is unseen. We we'll read it from Romans chapter 8, verse 24 and 25. Number First is that it is unseen. Romans chapter 8, 24, 24 and, 25. and 25. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Hope that is seen is no hope at all. Hope. So, so hope, first characteristic is that it's unseen. Yes. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. The second characteristic of hope is that it is in the future. The third characteristic of hope is that it, in English and in normal everyday parlance, when we say, I hope so, it means I am clearly not sure. In fact, it, it's very likely it won't happen. You say, is it going to rain? I, I hope so. It means you are not sure and it most likely will not rain. In the Bible, when they say hope, it means the thing is doubly sure. The thing is guaranteed by God. So we say the hope of the resurrection, the hope of the second coming of Christ, the hope of heaven, these are guaranteed future unseen things. And the fourth characteristic of hope is that it is built on God's promises. God's promises. We have read this verse over and over in faith, but let's read it in hope too. In Hebrews chapter 6. I want us to read the verse 18. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 18. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may yes. be greatly encouraged. The hope set before us by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. Now, why is hope important? Let's look at at least six reasons. Number one is that hope is the anchor of our soul. The Hebrews 6.19 brings that out very clearly. Hebrews 6.19 We have this hope as an anchor for the soul. So, you are shaken by the events of this world, by COVID-19, 
by the threats of nuclear war, by uh, LGBTQIAP. But you have an anchor for your soul. That is your hope. Number two, the hope we have in us is what we build faith on. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, Faith is assurance of things hoped for. Without hope, there cannot be faith. Hebrews 11.1 1. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for. Yes. And assurance about what we do not see. Faith is built on hope. Without hope, there is no faith. The third reason why hope is important is that hope causes us to clean our lives. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 3, the Bible says everyone who has this hope that when Jesus comes, you will see him and be like him. We purify ourselves as he is pure. 1 John 3, 3. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. Yes. Hope helps us to sanctify ourselves. Now, the fourth reason hope is important is that we rejoice in hope. Hope gives us joy. Romans chapter 12, verse 12. Romans now, chapter 12, verse 12. And I read, Be joyful in hope, yes. patient in affliction, Be joyful faithful in, in prayer. Hope. And in, in um, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, the Bible says that for the joy that was set before Jesus, he endured the cross. Hebrews 12, 2. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What I want you to notice is that the hope of Jesus is called joy here. The joy set before him. But he introduces yet another reason why hope is important. Endurance. You see, hope gives us extra energy, strength to endure difficulties, problems, tribulations, Hardships, setbacks. The man without hope is a dead man. He's a discouraged man. He's a frustrated person. But the one with hope can endure. He can go through trials and difficulties. You see, that's what the First Thessalonians 1.3 says. You see, enduring in hope. Now, in addition to that, hope is the, the pointer to the glory we are going to have. Colossians 1.27 says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Colossians chapter 1 verse 27. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And we have already read the Romans chapter 5 verses 4 and 5. Hope is the foundation upon which God pours the love of God into our hearts. He says hope does not disappoint us, for the love of God is poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Now, even though these are not 
all the reasons why hope is important. I hope it is enough. So, it is important for the Christian to work with hope. And hope is built upon the promises of God. The unshakable promises of God. This area of a Christian's life must not be joked with because the hope of heaven, the hope of the resurrection, the hope of the second coming of Christ, the hope of the rewards we shall have in heaven. These things are critical things Every Christian has to revise, rehearse, and lay hold of. For example, the crowns. Every shepherd has been promised the crown of glory in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4. Every soul winner has been promised the crown of rejoicing in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 and verse 19. Everyone who endures trials has been promised the crown of life in James chapter 1 verse 12 and Revelations chapter 2 verse 10. Look at Paul in 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. He says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race and I have kept the faith. And to me now is laid up the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me. These are crowns. Never fading, glorious crowns. Revelation chapter 3, verse 21, always shakes me. Jesus says, to him who overcomes, I will grant to sit on my throne, just as I also overcame, and I am seated on my Father's throne. Matthew thirteen forty-three, he says, the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Can you imagine? We shall have resurrection bodies that are like Jesus Christ. That one, let us read it. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21, he says our citizenship is in heaven and we are awaiting our Savior from there. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Our body will be like his glorious body. The kind of body, resurrection body that Jesus has. We are going to get it. If these things don't excite you, you don't eagerly wait for the hope of the resurrection, then your Christianity is devoid of salt and pepper. So, you need to work on it until this hope begins to glow like silver and gold in your soul. Then you will see that it adds a new step and spring to you as you walk around. 1 Corinthians 15:19 says, If it is only in this life that we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most to be pitied. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 19. 
If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. Let's quickly move on to love. You see that in the First Corinthians thirteen thirteen passage we read, he puts love at the top of the list. And he tells us that faith, hope, and love, these three are forever. But the greatest of this is love. Why? Why does Paul put love the greatest of Christian virtues? And what is this love anyway? A working definition of love is that it is God's kind of interest and desire for a person's good which is so strong that nothing can push it back. God's interest in doing man good it is what we call the love of God what are the characteristics of this love first of all love is divine first John 4 7 8 16 all say God is love. First John chapter 4 verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love, that's the verse 8, does not know God, because God is love. Now notice that without faith it is impossible to please God. But God is not called faith. He, the Romans 15.13 says God of hope. But God is not called hope. But here God is love. And Jesus said in John 17.25 that the Father loved him before the foundation of the world. John 17, I think it's 24. John 17, 24. Yes. John chapter 17, verse 24. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Love existed between the Father and the Son before the creation of the world. Love is older than any Christian virtue because it existed before the foundation of the world. And Jesus himself said in John 15 verse 9 that just as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. John 15 9, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Meaning that there is a love relationship between the Father and the Son and that it is heavenly before it was brought onto the earth. That's the first characteristic 
of love. It's a, it's a purely divine, heavenly attribute. And it is so very massive that God is called love. The next characteristic of the love in the Bible is that it is stretched towards all human beings. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God's love is a universal love. Three. Romans 5.8 says, God demonstrates his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. This means it's a love which can be demonstrated. And God did it in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. But the fourth characteristic of love I want you to notice, I want us to read it from Romans chapter 8. From verse 37 to 39, Paul says, We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And that what shall separate us from the love of God which is in Christ? Shall tribulation? So neither death nor life, height nor death, angels nor principalities nor powers, things present, things to come. And anything in all creation, nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ. Romans chapter 8 from verse 37. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is how intense the love of God is. And we can straight away enter into its importance. Because in Ephesians chapter 3, from verse 16 all the way to 19, Paul's prayer for us is that we will be strengthened with might in the inner man by the Holy Spirit, that Christ will dwell in our hearts through faith, that we will be grounded, rooted, in love and we will know and understand the, the height the depth the length and breadth of the love of God which passes all understanding so that we can be filled with all the fullness of God yes Ephesians chapter 3 from verse 16 to 19 I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, 
that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now, it is enough to understand that Jesus says in Matthew 22, from verse 37 to 39, that the greatest commandment in the Old Testament is to love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And the second commandment is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. The third reason why this love is important is because when you love, you fulfill the law. Romans 13 from verse 8 to 10, we are told that all the commandments are built on love. If you love God, you worship him. You won't take any other gods beside him. If you love your fellow man, you will not steal. You will not kill. You will not commit adultery. So the law and the prophets hang on just love. In addition, in John 13, 34 and 35, Jesus said, a new commandment I give you. Love one another just as I have loved you. With this, it will be a badge that you are my disciples if you love one another. Why does he call it a new commandment even though Leviticus 19.18 tells us that we should love our neighbor as ourselves? It's just because in so doing, he explains to us that the quality of Christian love should be like Christ's love. It should be loving our enemies it should be loving one another as the Father has loved Jesus and He has loved us. And it should be of the quality that will lay down our lives for our neighbors, our brothers. First John 3.16 So, this kind of love can only come from above. This is why I treasure Romans 5.5. 5. It says, the love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. You can now see why Galatians 5, 6 says we are to serve one another in love and by faith. Because the outworking of the Christian life is that nobody who has ever met God can say, I don't love. Because God is love. 1 John 4.15 He says anyone who confesses Jesus is the son of God. God comes to live in the person. And he in God. And because God lives in you. 1 John 4.19 says we love. Because he first loved us. The love we have is an outpouring of our knowledge. And the fact that the love of God has been poured into our hearts. And we, we build this love on the fact that we believe God and we have the hope and assurance of heaven to come. Therefore, we overflow with love. This is how these three work together. I want to submit to you that this journey of the disciple on faith, hope, and love is the greatest journey you can ever take this side of heaven. Because by so doing, you please God, you live for the highest ends and goals, and you have the greatest 
personal inner satisfaction because you are doing what God wants you to do. So now, let's do the comparisons between faith and hope, between faith and love, between hope and love. First of all, let's take faith and hope. Three things are common to faith and hope. The first is that both are built on the promises of God. Number two, both begin with unseen things. And the third is both grow if you work on them. Now let's look at the differences. The differences are that faith is built upon hope. Meaning if there is no hope, there cannot be faith. So faith is the junior brother of hope. Hope is the senior brother from the Hebrews 11.1. 1. The second area of difference is that sometimes hope works against faith. Let's read Romans chapter 4, verse 19 and 20. Romans chapter 4, verse 19 and 20. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Yes. So, Abraham believed, what about verse 17? Verse 17. Yes. Verse 18, I believe, is what okay. searching for. Okay. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations. I like that. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. Against hope because Sarah's womb was dead. She was 90 years old. She was in her menopause. Then, Abraham's body was also getting to 100 years old. So, all hope from the physical side of having a child was gone. But because of what God told Abraham, he believed and had faith despite the hopeless circumstances. So there are times when our outlook can be hopeless, but there can be faith because we are building it upon the word of God, which goes beyond that. In addition, all hope is future, but faith works more with the present. To heal the sick now is faith. As 14, verse 8 to 10, he said, when Paul saw that he had faith to be healed, he said to the man, rise up on your feet. And the man who had been born lame got up and started walking. So, faith is for the now. You see? 
but all hope is in the future. You can't exercise faith to bring Jesus' second coming, resurrection from the dead, and those things to the present. So all hope is future. But faith is exercised for present happenings in life. And the last difference I want to bring out there is that when there is faith, it can go beyond the grave and fail on this side of the earth, but be rewarded in heaven. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 39, we are told that these people died in faith, not having received what they were believing God for. Hebrews 11, 39. Hebrews chapter 11, from verse 39. Yes. These were all commended for their faith. Good. Yet none of them received what had been promised. Good. So you can have faith and not receive what you have promised. In this, you are lining up with hope, but it didn't start out as hope. Okay, so now let's look at faith and love. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 2, Paul tells us, If I have all faith to remove mountains, but have not love, it profits me nothing. 1 Corinthians 13, 2. 1 Corinthians 13, 2. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. So you can have mountain-moving faith but not have love. That, that's also clear in the scripture. So you need to work on your love separately from your faith. But at the same time, you can see that your faith sparks things which can help your love and build it up. So, the scripture wants us to serve one another in love by faith. Let's read the Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. For in Christ Jesus... Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Faith expressing itself through love. So, your faith can be seen and express itself through love. It is important to notice those because I want to move on to the final, which is hope. And love. Hope and love. Our faith and our hope build for us certain truths upon some promises. And these change our attitudes towards loving one another. If I'm convinced that everyone who accepts Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior becomes a child of God. 
and I am also a child of God, then definitely we belong to the same Father. And if we belong to the same Father, my attitude towards my brother must change. Let's read 1 John 4, 20. 1 John chapter 4, verse 20. Whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother or sister, is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen, cannot love God whom they have not seen. So, the scripture is saying that your faith affects your love. Because if you claim that you love God, and you know God, it will affect how you, you behave towards your brother. Having said that, I want to establish finally that the result of your hope and your faith should be love. Because you believe in God. You believe in Jesus Christ. You believe in the Holy Spirit. And your brother in Christ has been created in the image of God. He has been bought with the blood of Christ. He is indwelled by the same Holy Spirit who lives in you. Can you not love him? You, you, you see that you are locked up. God bless you in Jesus' name. Shall we pray? We thank you, Father, for this opportunity to examine faith, hope, and love. My prayer is that as we journey through the year, our hearts will be on fire and we shall walk to please you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Follow JFK Men's Ministries on Facebook and YouTube and invite others to listen to his podcast. You can also access some of JFK Men's books and keep up with his ministry at www.jfkmensministries.org God bless you.